I'm so happy you're here. Before we dive right into brand therapy, let me tell you about something very quick, very exciting. I just launched a YouTube channel. My very first video is all about how to choose colors for your personal brand. Go ahead to youtube.com slash C slash Phil Palin to watch that video. Here we go. I think everyone sort of has a very unique perspective and it's all about bringing that out into like a visual way. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. Welcome to our podcast. In fact, it's the podcast where we tackle your business and branding challenges. I use those two terms interchangeably because the way we look at it around here, branding is a really powerful way to manifest your goals. And when applied correctly, you can make some pretty exciting changes in your career. So here we are. For today's episode, we have a true visual master on. And it's pretty interesting because you can't see a podcast, at least not the way that we do it. There's no cameras. And I think it's a pretty interesting conversation about the importance of visuals in a very kind of interesting medium. It's definitely a conversation we have not had on the podcast. I welcome this opportunity to get so creative and talk just about visuals. Like this is like, this is like what I do in my spare time. You too. I mean, we love these kinds of things, right? And in fact, it's a big part of what we do from putting together mood board to compiling colors, choosing colors and the, you know, the psychology behind that, the decision-making. It's fun to talk to someone fresh and very experienced, award-winning. He's amazing. Elliot is literally a superstar. He is. He is. And and so I think this episode is going to be really good for people who fall into one of two categories. One, you have an online presence and you know that it doesn't look good enough. And two, this is where it gets interesting. Two are people who don't think visuals are important for achieving your business goals. Because I would argue that visuals are more important than almost anything that you could have related to your business, especially if you're selling online. I agree. A lot of times it's an afterthought. And really, when you look the part, right, even if you look bigger than you actually are, this becomes a way that you can actually make that happen. So, so there. So there. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Let's get to the episode. Sweet Elliot. Sweet Elliot. Change of tone. Some spicy talk before Sweet Elliot. He's the best. Here's our conversation with. Elliot. Lauren Moore, I have a little surprise for you. You know I love to surprise you once in a while with exciting things, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. You love to keep me on my toes. Well, we've heard time and time again the same five brands over and over. Phil's going to kill me when I say this brand again when we reference it. And let's be honest, one of those brands is Refinery29. We've heard it a thousand times from your mouth. Well, guess what I have for you? A friend of mine who's been instrumental in building that brand, among many others. He is on the phone with us right now for an episode. Yay! I'm really excited. Elliot, I've heard so much about you over the years, and I know that you're very kind and that you give surprise gifts. It's true, he does. I know that you're very thoughtful. 
Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And and truly, Refinery29's aesthetic is just so exceptional and it's so creative, but stylized at the same time. I think it's truly one of the best brands out there. So, I mean, that's a, a testament to the amazing work you do. So welcome. Well, hi, thank you so much. <laughs> Did you think it was crazy that I reached out to you to talk about this? I mean, it's not that crazy. I was just on your website and you literally are doing press about the very thing we're going to talk about today. But is this like, do you talk about this a lot? This idea of like aesthetic and visuals and stuff? Um, I guess so. I guess you can say that. I mean, it's definitely a passion of mine, you know, design, illustration. So it's something I always sort of am talking about and thinking about. So I guess I do talk about it a lot, but maybe not in this like formal of a way, but we'll see what happens. Nothing's formal around here. We're just having a phone call. <laughs> but I really, so Lauren and I, we That's kind of, true. right, exactly. So we went back and looked and thought, what are the things that come up the most when we're giving advice to people on this podcast and then incorporating experts into it, when we thought about this idea of aesthetic, building your feed aesthetic, or even just choosing colors. Like literally, these are some of the questions we get asked the most and the things we talk about the most. And that's why we called you today. So maybe for starters, describe what it means to you to establish an aesthetic, whether it be a personal brand on Instagram or even a corporate brand. I think Either way, people would be interested to hear your insight and maybe the beginning of your process for developing something like this. Yeah, totally. I think for me, it always starts with the message, the emotion, the personal sort of story that you have like within yourself or like the message that you want to, to share with other people. Because I think everyone sort of has a very unique perspective. And it's all about bringing that out into like a visual way. And I think one of the easiest ways, like you mentioned, is through color. It can be colors that sort of set the mood or just your favorite colors. You know, I think we all have colors that we gravitate towards for various reasons. And I think that's super like easy to like start with. I actually also just love color. So for me, that's always comes very easy for me. But I think it, that, that can be true for, for everyone. But going back to what I started saying was about your own personal perspective. I think that's what's really important, especially with your sort of aesthetic on social or just online, because, you know, we all have our unique sort of viewpoints, but it's about bringing that forward and sharing it with other people. And I think that's what people really sort of connect with. Yeah. Do you think that someone should choose colors that speak to who they are now or who they want to become? Oh, that's a good question. I can see it both ways, but I would pick colors uh, that who they like that express who they are now, um, because I think that's like very telling of also like the direction they're heading in a way. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to like what I said about you know our own sort of perspective, and I think that's what really makes us who we are. So picking the colors that we think represent us at this very moment, I think is is a lot more exciting for me at least. Because I think, um, like I said, it, it it really expresses sort of what you're going through and what you're thinking. And that like is a great way to bring people in and connect with you. So Elliot, we did an interview recently with a really awesome person who has a business as a virtual assistant. And she also teaches others how to become virtual assistants. And this area of work is notoriously kind of a female-dominated profession. And she sees a real opportunity to 
encourage men to become virtual assistants and is wanting to make her brand a bit more masculine. Her colors right now are mint green and peach. And I'm wondering what your advice would be to her to make her brand feel and colors feel a bit more masculine without losing sight of who she is now. Yeah, I think my advice would be definitely like incorporating maybe like a secondary color that I guess could be considered a little bit more masculine. Maybe it's more of a neutral, but maybe a darker neutral. Because I think when we think of neutrals, we definitely think of like creams and whites. But I think we can go maybe a little bit like richer brown or maybe even like a gray. But I think incorporating sort of a neutral color like that would also be a really great contrast just visually. But I think it could help bring sort of that aspect that she's like trying to look for. Yeah. Great advice. That's really good advice. How do you, when there are millions and millions and millions of colors, how can you start to make decisions on what your visual brand is without feeling overwhelmed on where to even start? I always like to look at what I surround myself like in my life, the, all the different things that I sort of surround myself with, whether it's the books that I've bought on, on my, and that are on my shelf or sort of the clothes that I wear every day. I think, um, especially if we want to pick colors that are representative of who we are or our brand or our company, I think just by looking around is super easy and it's super insightful too, because I think you'll come to notice there's patterns and colors and visuals that you are already sort of into that can easily become, you know, the colors for your, your logo or your website. I always like to look at fashion as well. Like I said, it's the clothes that I wear the clothes that we all wear. And I think while, as you mentioned, things can be really overwhelming, I think if you just focus more on yourself, that can help with like sort of the overwhelming idea of like millions and millions of colors. So I think just looking around and looking at yourself is a really great place to start. We did a fun experiment in our group coaching program, Super Rich Small Biz, where we had all of our participants go to their closet and pull a few outfits that they absolutely loved. In fact, I think we said pull a few outfits that spark joy. This was before Marie Kondo has now oh. blown up in the country. We were we were borrowing her, her line even then. Lauren told me about Marie Kondo literally years ago. Um, so it's kind of funny. So that's what they did. And actually, we used an online color picker tool to help them make decisions using resources already around them. So that's exactly what you're what you're saying, which I think makes a lot of sense, right? Don't overthink it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Instagram specifically. I notice on your feed, you're doing something cool. Photos are in a color theme of three. That's an example. I post a picture of me in every other picture. So it creates a bit of a chess or a checkerboard pattern. What visual styles or systems have you seen lately on Instagram that you think are cool or brands that are doing a really good job? Just let's hear it from a designer, you know, because you kind of study this stuff and think about how this parlays into an aesthetic. Who's doing it right? Yeah, I guess one of the trends that I've seen for a while is the idea that images connect to one another. It's definitely like a very difficult thing to kind of like plan or think out, but I think it also can be super simple if you don't overthink it. There's this one fashion brand called MSGM. It's an Italian brand and they were doing something along those lines. But again, like I said, it was super, super simple, but I think it had such a really cool effect. They were taking sort of runway photos, which are very vertical photos of just like 
a model in clothes, but they were actually cutting the, the photo in half and posting sort of like the upper body part and then the lower body part separately. But when you looked at the entire grid from like a grid point of view, that vertical photo was actually connected like when you were looking at it, at it in a grid format, which I thought was really super cool because when I was looking at it separately, I would never notice that. I thought, oh, they're just close up of the dress or the shoes. But then once you kind of took a step back, it is actually the entire photo within the grid feed. So I think also looking at your feed in the grid format is also a really interesting sort of take on it. Not a lot of people look at it that way, but I think when they do, they can be pleasantly surprised. And I think that little spark of joy is always, will, like, will always be noticed and you know, applauded in a way. That's a really good example. I'm going to check them out. Oh, Elliot, so kind, so sweet. I really love his approach to all of this, but it's time to take a little breather, a little break. Would you like to say something? You said you wanted to take a breather and a break. I was just doing what you said. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) I'm feeling creative. Oh, my God. You can blame Elliot. I, (laughs) I guess so. Tell us what we got queued up for this week. Great. So... As a reminder, philpallen.co slash resources, a whole bunch of free stuff for you, listener. Our blog post this week is focusing on my favorite, well, Phil's favorite, Mm. personal brand identity examples. Mm -hmm. Phil, do you want the honors of explaining what went into this post? Yeah. Well, a lot of people Google this. They want examples. If they're going to build their brand, it's like, well... You know, maybe no, they they know the steps of the process, but they just want a few examples. So we are putting together literally eight years of work, branding individuals, over 350 to be exact. And we are pulling some of our favorite visual examples for you to reference and learn from for your own brands. There you have it. This will give you inspiration that will make you feel inspired, literally. So enjoy. All right. Back to Elliot. Back to it. <laughs> Do you have any design peeves? Are there any aesthetic things that kind of like irk you when you see them online? Like, I don't know, mixing like brown and black or having inconsistent color tones or temperatures between photos? Like, what are your pet peeves? Well, I think a big part of design is typography and text. And I think that's a big sort of trend that we see on social media, a lot of quotes. And I think whenever... I see those quotes and they're kind of like maybe not as considered. Maybe like the text is really, really big or really, really small. I think there's definitely a really um, sweet spot when it comes to text because, you know, you want people to read it. You want people to connect with the message you're portraying. But it seems like a really easy sort of thing. Like, oh, I'm going to type up some text and put it on Instagram. But I think it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more harder than it seems. So I think whenever I see, I see a lot of them too. I think that's like one of the things that sort of gets me. And as a designer, I think all designers are, you know, obsessed with typography and fonts. And so if it's also like not a really good typeface, I think that that always sort of aggravates me <laughs> and other designers. <laughs> we do love fonts. And it's typography. true. We're at a really kind of interesting point in our business where for years we've worked one-on-one with clients. And they've hired us to handle all the visual creation. 
soup to nuts, start to finish, done. They trust us. We work with designers that are really good. And that's why all of our visual branding looks awesome in our portfolio. We're really proud of it. I loved your interview fairly recently with Planoly, which is uh, an app that people use to plan their feeds. I've used it before. I've gone between Planoly and Preview. I've tried all of them and they're all, you know, Planoly I used for a really long time. Let's explore the role of graphic design on social media since that is what you do a lot of. I also, by the way, love that uh, Refinery29 tags you in what you've actually designed rather than them just leaving that a mystery and taking credit for everything. So often they actually tag you as the designer of that graphic. I think that's just really cool. When I go to like tagged photos of you, it's like all art, beautiful designs that people have reposted. I just think it's cool that they're transparent about that. Let's explore that, the role of graphic design on social media. What does that look like? And how can people be inspired to maybe incorporate graphic design and not just pictures of things? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Instagram started as a photo sharing app. So I think, you know, it's it's totally filled with photos. And I think once, you know, design and illustration and once that was introduced, it definitely sort of was um, set apart from all the other photos. So I think that's what people sort of really gravitated towards. And I think now more than ever, I think it's super important to have sort of a graphic element to your Instagram to social because it allows you to create something truly unique. And it's also compared to photography, it's still a lot of work, but it's not as much work as, you know, finding a a location and taking a photo and editing that photo or taking multiple photos to get the shot. It's, you know, you can create it on your computer. You can also create it on your phone. There's a lot of apps, even just Instagram as well has introduced, you know, a lot of tools to use. But I think that's what's really great about having sort of a graphic element. It allows you to create something completely new and different, but then also something maybe a little bit quicker and allows you to respond to maybe current events or just, you know, an idea that you have and you just want to create something. And um, I find myself doing that. If I just like think of an idea, I can just go to my computer and create it and then post it. Are there any color combinations that you just love right now? As an example, I really, really love like dark forest green and a light beige right now. And with every mood board we put together for clients, I end up doing that. (laughs) What color combos do you love? Oh, I love colors. And so I think my color combos are always changing. But it was interesting. I was just talking to a group of designers and they were mentioning how this sort of pink and red combo has been really popular. And I've seen that. I think for me personally, I kind of like sort of these sort of weird color combinations. Um, it's kind of hard to ex- to explain that. But I think there's some really interesting color combos that you wouldn't consider firsthand. Maybe it's like, you know, like a, a navy with a bright orange or something, um, something along those lines. But I think those are always really interesting. I'm also really gravitating towards yellow recently. I think it's just because it's like bright. And then when it's paired with anything else, it definitely adds sort of like a more positive feeling. It's funny we're talking about this because today, this is like the third or fourth time that I've noticed black and beige together, but black as the base. So if you look at the marketing for Adobe's upcoming conference, the body of their emails, it's black. And then beige is the overlay color and the action color. And then today I was walking around in shortage and there's a 
painted mural on one of the sides of the, the brick buildings. And it's black with beige. And it's an ad for Burberry. So I think it's like such a harsh but interesting combo. Two colors I would never expect to go together, but they're pulling it off. It's very interesting. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it really exciting because it definitely makes you, you know, do a double take when you're like, oh, wait, what is this? And I think that's definitely what we want. We want people to notice whatever we're creating. And if it's like a very interesting color combination, that's like a super easy way to get people to to stop and take a look. That's a really good point because a lot of things look good now, right? Like people have invested in branding. They've invested in photography, I mean, I preach about this all the time. I still think there's room to stand out purely based on looks. But that's a question for you. How important is it to look good nowadays? I mean, asking a designer, it's a bit biased, but I want to hear your answer anyways. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's always important and it's super important. I think as, as we've talked about, I think it says a lot about who you are as a person, about the work you do, about the work you could be you know like you could be working on with clients possible work in other words and so i think it's really important even in the smallest of things i think if you put the the time and effort into the details it really shows and people will notice you know sometimes they might not notice sometimes it might go unnoticed as i said but i think when when they do see it it definitely makes a difference and it definitely makes them smile to see that you kind of put in you put a lot of your heart into it. So I think it's really important to look good even in the smallest of ways. One last question to wrap things up. It's, I'm thinking of people who are listening to this podcast and thinking about hiring a designer to develop their personal brand. If there is one thing of it, one word of advice or one sort of sentence or disclaimer that you could say to people who are about to hire a designer for their personal brand, what would it be? Would it be to like make sure that you've got a mood board to send to the designer or to be really clear with what you're looking for? Like this is your chance to speak on on behalf of other designers out there. Yeah, I think it's really important to have an open line of communication, which I think goes into like what you were saying about being very clear about what you're looking for and sharing anything and everything that you sort of are really interested in or really like from a visual standpoint. Um, whenever I work with whoever, I always tell them, just like, send me, you know, a, the, a really cool, you know, piece of art that you saw in a museum that you really liked or send me something you saw on Pinterest that you really liked. But just really having that open line of communication and really working with a designer. I think people tend to think that it's just like a designer working for them, but it's really a collaborative process. And I think that's what goes back to this open line of communication, just talking. It can also be, you know, talking not about the project, just about who you are as a person, what your interests are. I think it really helps the designer sort of get into the mindset and really informs the work that they're going to do for you. And I think that's what is important. I have one final question, even though Lauren said her question was the last question. This is the last question. What are your favorite brands? Who are you paying attention to, especially lately? Yeah, I'm always really interested in brands that sort of redesign themselves, whether it's, you know, just after a couple of years or just a needed a refresh. I think that's always really exciting because you get to see sort of a different 
take on a brand that you are maybe really familiar with or maybe not. So it's like a new brand in your eyes. But I've been looking at a lot of publication design and I guess brands. So there's like definitely GQ, which sort of went under e-design. And I think they're doing some really interesting graphic design, which carries on into their social presence. And then there's also Out Magazine, which also sort of redesigned themselves. And I think they sort of have a new approach to their content, but also their visuals that I think is really refreshing, especially now. I think what they're doing is really, it's really great. Cool. Yeah. Those are two good examples. We're always so excited to like talk about our favorite brand heroes. By the way, GQ's display photo, I'm looking at them on Instagram, is black and beige. Who called it? <laughs> That's really cool. Well, we'll take a little, we'll take a close look. I am, I'm like writing down everything. You too, Lauren, like all these brands he's referencing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could talk about brands and color for like yeah. days. <laughs> thank you so much, Elliot. This has been great. Yeah, thank you. Really refreshing perspective. Thanks for taking a few minutes to hang out with us on Brand Therapy. And we look forward to catching up with you soon. Perfect. Thank you. Color, your favorite topic. Well, how is my <laughs> how is my surprise <laughs> received that was by so you? Weird. I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. You're like, I've got a surprise, and I'm like, this has been scheduled for a month, and we've had multiple <laughs> conversations about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, prank. That's okay. It's you know what? Do you know what I was surprised about? What that that. Elliot could be even more charming than I already anticipated him to be. I literally love his cute little face and his outlook on life. He's just such a happy, humble, colorful, just everything he does looks great. It's no surprise he works for a brand like Refinery29. Yeah. People should go check him out on Instagram. And if you want to see a beautifully curated, crafted, creative feed, it is Elliot Salazar. God, that's even a good name. At Elliot Salazar is his handle. Elliot yeah. with two L's. I just, um, you know, I just, I think there's a lot there. The really positive kind of outlook on this, which is really cool, I think. Yeah, I really like that Elliot thinks you should brand for who you are today. I think that's a really refreshing perspective, choosing colors that speak to you now, because if you like them now, you'll like them forever. That's sort of what I took away from it. And I like that he also agreed with the closet trick that you and I sometimes do. He did. And do you know why why people have such a hard time making decisions on color and on brand? And, why? I, and I'm guilty. Because they feel like they're making a decision forever. So if you brand yeah. for you now, don't worry. One year from now, should you evolve as a brand like many people have on this episode or this podcast rather, like you're allowed to change it up. Like your brand ideally is something that stays the same, be it your logo updates down the road as you evolve. But like your colors can change even more frequently nine times out of 10. And so don't feel locked into what you decide today. Ex perfect example, Instagram feeds, you know, a certain patterning or style. You don't have to be locked into what you decide once. There is something to be said about consistency. So you should be consistent but that can always evolve into something should you pivot or evolve as a brand. Definitely, definitely. And I also 
When we did the closet trick with our first group coaching program, like taking a photo of 10 items you really love and then seeing what the colors were, I learned a lot about myself then because before I had always thought of myself as someone who like wore black and gray and neutrals and things like that. But when I pulled out the 10 items of clothing that made me feel like most like myself and the very best, literally none of them had black. Like some of them had gray, but I was like, God, why am I buying so much black, like so many black clothes if they're not even, if not even one black item makes me feel most like myself? It's true. You went through a phase where everything was black and then you rediscovered yeah. color. because well, I went to Stockholm. <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Thanks, Sweden. Thanks, Sweden. <laughs> For people out there who are a bit stumped, maybe not quite as creative, how can we give you some parting advice on how to establish an aesthetic on your feed, on your website. But let's talk about, for the sake of this example, let's talk about your Instagram. I'll go first. When you post and you look at your grid, maybe your top nine, right, as people open your profile, try to repeat some colors. So whether it's the color of the sky, the color of the water, try to repeat some shades so that there is consistency, not just in visuals is that word important, but really pretty much anything you do. So I would say repeat some colors, maybe plan ahead of time, alleviates the stress of having to figure out, oh God, what do I post every day? And is it going to match what I have? Spend a few minutes and do it all at once, like plan a week in one sitting rather than just flying by the seat of your pants. I would say choose some colors. So on Elliot's Instagram, for example, he chooses a general kind of shade and then blocks it. Every three pictures have that similar tone, which I think is cool. Lauren, any thoughts on aesthetic? Yeah. So we didn't talk about this with Elliot, but God knows you've heard this a billion times, Phil. I'm really obsessed with like season color types, choosing, like figuring out where, whether you should have soft, cool tones, bright, cool tones, soft, warm tones, or bright, warm tones based on like your coloring. And I really think that by figuring out what colors look best on you first, um, it helps kind of give you a reference point for how you can plan out the other aesthetics that are associated with you, including your Instagram feed. So for example, with me, I'm very fair and I have a, a very cool skin tone. So like bright orange looks horrible on me. Bright yellow looks horrible on me. And no matter how much I love those colors, it's they're not ones that I'm ever really going to connect with. So it wouldn't make sense for me to have that, those like warm tones on my Instagram feed. But by connecting with either a cool tone, a noise if I'm going for like a soft look or more of a like contrasting look, it helps like ground the decisions that I make and make all the posts go together really well. Mm -hmm. What's a resource do you use? It's someone who created that course that you love because you even share this with clients. I think oh it's cool. Oh my God. Her... Do you think I mean, it's I, cool? Cool might be stretching. No, cool might be stretching. No, it's, I think it's <laughs> useful. It's useful. Yeah. Her name is Daria. I'm going to butcher her last name. Daria Andronescu. And she's basically created this like wardrobe system, like called the Wonder Wardrobe. I don't follow the Wonder Wardrobe, but I really, really appreciate her like sense of aesthetic and sense of color. And she goes through the color like the seasonal color types. I think it's been around like this, the theory of seasons theory has been around since like the 50s, but she talks about it in a very modern, modern sense. And I just find it's useful because if you're someone like me, for example, who loves all color and goes through phases and can't really like keep in one place, I find like having 
having that sort of reference point, that guiding star is like really, really helpful. And remembering it's not like what you decide today is what you have to stick with forever. It can evolve. Hopefully you found this episode useful as you build your aesthetic. We'd love to hear from you. Hashtag brand therapy. I'm at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. And we want to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, our conversation with Elliot, then hey, here's an idea. Take two seconds, not even two minutes. It'll take less than that. Two seconds to hop over to the iTunes store where you can leave us a review. That actually helps other people discover this podcast that we work very hard to make. A fun little chat about aesthetics, color, visuals. We love this topic. We love every topic on the podcast and we'll be back in the near future with the next episode. Um... How about that for a dramatic ending? Yeah, back in the future. <laughs> back in the future. We'll see you. <laughs> see you in a light year. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> see you in the light year on a future episode of Brand Therapy. That will be great. See you then. Bye. Next time on Brand Therapy. I originally created the podcast to get in the earbuds of more parents, but actually brought up different kind of work that I wasn't expecting. So, and I've been really enjoying it. 